Welcome, welcome into the podcast. Episode number 66 for the crew here. Don't add an extra six on the end of that one. No bad luck insight here for the podcast. We've been killing it on some of our picks and the advice that we've been giving you over the last couple of weeks. Wanted to welcome you in again. This week, we're going to be doing reports from around the realm, crystal ball, and it is our trade deadline special, a lot of trade deadlines all throughout the league. So we're going to be doing our trade deadline special right before the playoffs. And we wanted to let you know that this episode is brought to you by our friends at Underdog. Underdog Fantasy is the presenting sponsor of the Dynasty Monarchy podcast. Use code MONARCHY, M-O-N-A-R-C-H-Y. Get a free deposit match of up to $100 in bonus cash. Monarchy, M-O-N-A-R-C-H-Y. Why, hello there, my fellow kings and queens. Welcome to the Dynasty Monarchy podcast, where you will learn how to rule over your Dynasty League for years to come. Now, allow me to introduce you to your hosts, Max, Peter, and Jace. Here we go, episode number 66. We're getting our kicks on here. Get your kicks on Route 66, you get it. All right, Jace, Max, super producer, Nick C. Everybody's back again for another week. Gentlemen, that Monday Night Football game was a stinker. Stinker, that was awesome, man. To see the Bears lose, oh my gosh, I went to bed grinning. The Philly hater, the ultimate Philly hater. The Philly ally, as you call yourself. I am. Terrible. Look, I, I live in the city, man. I want to root for the team. I love the Jets. They're playing the the uh, the Pats this week. But, you know, a rough Monday night loss for uh, the city of Philadelphia. All, epic highs in October lead to epic lows in November for the city. Yeah, the game, hey, points were scored. We saw primetime over, you know, beat the theme. I think a lot of fantasy owners were – appreciative of that uh terry mclaurin going crazy brian robinson antonio gibson getting into the end zone uh goddard your boy getting into the end zone but you know tough loss tough loss for sure my team the kentucky wildcats just took a tough loss but you know you shot in our group chat peter that um you were kind of happy that the eagles lost that game because it's a little humble punch in the mouth humble yourself realize you can't coast through the season and you gotta you know kind of step back and look at yourself and get ready for when it really counts and you know, being a Kentucky Wildcats fan my whole life, I, I love when they lose early like they did tonight because it really does, like, teaches you a lot about yourself, shows how you can be exploited, and kind of preps you for the future um, so you can avoid what just happened. Piece of humble pie at Thanksgiving for all the Eagles fans instead of that coveted pumpkin pie. We have a great episode for everybody out there today. Uh, we are going to be doing our regular reports from around the realm. We have a trade deadline special. Trade deadline special. Everybody on the podcast is going to be giving a random person that is also on the podcast a special trade, one-time offer on the show, trying to give you guys at home some ideas on some trade deadline trades you might be looking to do if you're a competitor and if you're a rebuilder. And then we'll wrap that up with Crystal Ball, where we're going to predict some booms and predict some busts. Let's get in the episode. All right, before we get into reports, I wanted to thank our presenting sponsor, Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest and easiest way to play fantasy football, draft season-long best ball teams, or maybe remainder of the season-long best ball teams in just seconds. 
lot of people out there, they still don't know what best ball is. There is zero league management. Once you draft your team, it is automatically presented to you with the best possible starting lineup every single week. Zero stress for fantasy football. I like hearing that, especially on Sundays when I have a million start sit decisions. So wanted to thank Underdog for being our presenting sponsor. Use code MONARCHY, M-O-N-A-R-C-H-Y and get a free deposit match up to $100 in bonus cash again, Monarchy, M-O-N-A-R-C-H-Y. All right, first piece of news, Cooper Cup, IR, minimum, minimum of four games. I want to repeat that. Could be longer, could linger into your fantasy playoffs. I know a lot of teams have invested a lot of capital in Cooper Cup, especially competitors. Obviously, there's no alternative on the market. Let's hope that you have a deep bench and you're able to find some things. But what do you think about Allen Robinson moving forward in that offense without Matthew Stafford? I, I don't know. Matthew Stafford has looked pretty average this year, not throw, like when he doesn't throw to Cooper Cup. Um, honestly, like you said, he got put on IR. I don't think he plays again this year. Um, the Rams are not doing very well. I don't think there's a point in rushing him back from this injury it looks pretty serious out there um but i just it stinks especially if you're a competitor that this late in the season it's good that it's before the trade deadline though yeah i think um I, i'm alan robinson we will see we will see i feel like if anything he's going to end up being some kind of floor play wide receiver three or flex for you um the schedule down the stretch is pretty solid but i think honestly the biggest person that I'm excited for in this offense now is probably Kyron Williams and Max. Like that's not just because we just made a trade with him pretty recently. It's because he stepped in and 27% of the snaps and grabbed three targets for 30 yards. Like this team is going to be very bad. The backfield is super unsure. And if you're in a PPR league, I think this could be what we thought Naheem Himes was going to be just um, a pass catcher out of the backfield can get you 10 points if you need it. And, and maybe more, um, if he can do some damage out in the open field. So kind of excited for him. He's probably sitting out on waiver wires this week. Um, waivers are going to run by the time you hear this episode, but if he's still sitting out there in a shallower league, like full PPR, throw him on the end of the bench. If you can, I, I think it's a worthwhile ad. He looked great at Notre Dame. Didn't test well in the, at the combine, but he did look very good at Notre Dame last year. I think I mentioned that in one of the earlier pods, like one of the first couple episodes of the pod. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, keep an eye on Kyron Williams moving forward. Wanted to bring it back really quick, just on a philosophical level. Since this is our trade deadline special, it's kind of work that if I am heavily reliant on Cooper Cup, and I understand that he's not a rebuilding piece, but one of my competitors has extra wide receiver depth, elite wide receiver depth. Let's say Terry McLaurin, XYZ players to that caliber that can really help you win now are you fine trading away cooper cup who is a little bit older for a younger asset from a competitor knowing that cooper cup could either bite you now in the playoffs this upcoming playoffs or bite you in the future i don't know i don't try he's 29 i didn't think he could repeat it this year he did that and some honestly he was on a historic pace with catches and everything this year I take the risk on him. Yeah. I don't know if that really answers your question. I don't really think a competitor is going to like bail you out and give you a wide receiver person. I'm saying a competitor that's pretty stacked in your league that has a lot of receivers on his bench that he just won't have see the field. 
but why help the person that just lost Cooper Cup out? You know, that's what my thing is. It's like if Nick C just lost a receiver, even though you have a lot of wide receivers, you're not going to give him a wide receiver personally, I don't think. So, I mean, if a competitor is willing to do that, then yeah, absolutely. I would do it. I'd take the chance. Yeah, I, it's an interesting one because I think, you know, there is the chance he plays this season. So it feels like by the start of next season, he's going to be pretty good. So unless my chips are literally all in right now, it's probably just a hold and hopefully, you know, I don't know, you're more middle of the pack. If you have him, I think that's best case scenario, honestly, and just kind of push things, start setting your chips up for next season when he's fully healthy after this thing. Matthew Stafford's a a year removed from that elbow injury. The offensive line's a little better and their auxiliary pieces are better because like I said, that backfield's a mess. Van Jefferson's been hurt all season. And although he doesn't fill the stat sheet up, he's super, super important for what that team does, just stretching the field on the other side of things. And, you know, putting some kind of threat on the field to go deep because when it's just cup and Allen Robinson as their two wide receivers and Ben Skronik, like they're not scared of anyone tape taking the top off. Um, even Cooper cup who does, you know, pretty often, but he's double covered most of the game or they're at least attempting to. So they need someone else. And now this offense is, it's going to be a wreck. So I'm probably just holding because I think the hype's going to come back next season. Once he's healthy. All right, let's move forward. Khalil Herbert has been placed on the IR the uh, I'd say goblin, the touch goblin out there in Chicago finds his way on the IR. I want to talk about David Montgomery in relation to this. When we look at his 2021 season, we saw down the stretch, he had some huge games in the fantasy playoffs recording 20 and 19 in the semifinal and the championship. Uh, And then I believe the season before he had a good stretch of games. Yeah, he did. So in the fantasy playoffs, the season before week, that week, that year was 14, 15 and 16 for the playoffs. He had 23, 28 and 20, basically. So is David Montgomery your buy? His playoff schedule, not the greatest. I will say that 15, week 15 in in Philly, week 16 in Buffalo, and then 17, the championship at Detroit. I personally don't think he's a buy. I think his situation definitely improved. There's no doubt about that. I just think with what Justin Fields is doing with his legs and on the ground, I think that offense moves through him first, and then second, it moves to the air. And then I think third, it's like, all right, they're keying in, like a lot of QB keeps, we'll give it to Montgomery. He'll still get 10 to 15 touches, but I really think Justin Fields is that team's running back one, kind of like Lamar. And I just don't think Montgomery has what it takes to like really lead the offense. Um, so I'd be selling him right now. What I'd be selling him for, couple seconds maybe if I could get that I don't think he's worth a first still though personally do you think to a competitor that's had a rough time in the RB room you can find a 25 first yeah 20 you can find a 25 first out there I'm sure yeah I I bet you could too and I don't know people some people really love David Montgomery especially people who have had him down the stretch and maybe it's someone a competitor that you know had him in redraft last season or the season before and really likes him and thinks you know, now that he's the only show there, the touch goblin, like you said, Peter, he's not there anymore. I think he, you might be able to sneak up 24 first. I think this is probably the cheapest they're going to be. And if you can acquire any of those, I would definitely look to do that. Um, I, but I'm in the same camp. I think 
you know, the schedule really isn't that great over the next couple of weeks. So he's got Atlanta, then the Jets. Jets, relatively tough matchup. Then Green Bay, who you can run on. But then he's got a late week 14 bye. That's really tough. And then Philly, like you said, Peter. And by that time, Jordan Davis will be back. And yep. he run is just suffer. He's that entire D, D line for them yeah. with the run game. Yeah, I, I saw a set. I think teams are averaging three point something per carry when Jordan Davis is in the lineup. So that's. That's really yeah. tough for David Montgomery. 3.3, and then they average 5.2 when he's out. Yeah, so, so not not good when he's back. And then Buffalo. So you're, you know, if anything, he's a stash for a super loaded roster, and you're waiting for week 17 at Detroit. And he's a running back, so anyone can go down. This team's, I don't know. He's not the, I think he's a bigger sell than he is a buy. Um, unless you are just, you're loaded up and you could use some depth, then yeah, like Max said, a couple seconds if you could acquire for that price, I'm about it. He's a free agent. Maybe he lands somewhere fun this offseason. We won't be talking about Justin Fields on this episode on our plan, but we haven't talked about him yet. I feel like this is a good time to mention him and bring up what he's been able to do the last couple of weeks. Do you think that he is the answer at quarterback for the Bears? Now, look, we've seen... His legs go insane. He has ran, run the ball left, right, center, in circles, back 20 yards to plus, you know, 20 yards on certain carries. It's going to be all about the throwing. And if they can put weapons around him, is he solidified as that quarterback one? And what is his value in, I'll say, a super flex dynasty league? Oh, man. I mean, I'd pay multiple first for him right now. I really would. I'd pay 23, 24 easily. I think that he is the quarterback, the guy there. They know they have to get weapons around him, whether that's to boost up the old line. But, I mean, I think Jason and I or Nixie and I were talking about the other day, man. Like, imagine if he gets Jackson Smith and Jigba or if he gets another like one of these top wide receivers in the draft um, to go along with, like, Mooney and Claypool. I think Mooney and Claypool are both pretty average. They get the job done. Um, the only thing I worry about is if, like, defenses start to key on his legs and then make him pass if he can sustain the passing, you know, like Lamar got keyed on for a while there, but became a good pass because of it. So I think he's got a big step in the off season, but I'd pay two first for what he's doing right now. I'd take the risk. And if it pays off, you got literally a QB top three moving forward. Yeah. Top I mean, three. Oof. Hold on. Hold on. That, that hit me at the last second. Top three. Yeah. I Who's mean, ahead I, of him? Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. Okay, so who you think he has more value than Lamar? Yeah. Well, okay. Alyssa, I'll stop you there. I don't want you to are, embarrass yourself anymore. His legs are younger. I don't want to embarrass you any more than you've already been embarrassed. He's better, <laughs> I'd rather have him than Hurts. Jalen Hurts hate is not allowed on this podcast. He threw for 175 yards. I mean, he's just not good. Josh Allen had three turnovers. Is he not good? Like, it's okay. You can take the L. We'll, we'll come back to you later. You can maybe beat me on a different argument. But I do think Fields is talented. Let's get back on track. Fields is extremely talented. I think to put him in the top five, like even top 10, I think he might scratch that top 10 dynasty quarterback ranking, like maybe like eight right now. But especially at the quarterback position, known quantities are so important for your investment because – like when I invested in Jalen, I got him for pennies on the dollar because this was before he proved he was going to be the guy. If he's not the guy for like four or five games, 
then it's like, oh, we're moving on X, Y, Z. Like these quarterbacks, unless they have sustained value over years, they're usually not going to be the guy. Yeah, so I had a question for you guys, just kind of throwing it out there about Fields. So do you guys think that he's like an ultimate sell high if you had him in a super flex league? Like, would you sell him for, I mean, I'm sure people are probably paying three firsts or something like that. Would you be trying to just sell the window right now while he's QB1? Yes. Me personally, I would just because I think there's still a lot of unknowns because a lot of this is based on the rushing, like you said, Max, and you said, you know, Darnell Mooney, Claypool, pretty average guys. I think Claypool's got a pretty high ceiling, but I don't think he's the true alpha that a quarterback needs to really kind of help him sustain, um, you know, all the passing yardage and all the, the passing numbers. And I think at this point, I think he's shown a lot. I'm willing to sell that window just because there are so many unknowns, you know, like every year in the draft, it's like Aaron Rodgers is finally going to get a wide receiver and then they just don't get it to him. Now, I don't think the Bears going to do that to a kid that's, you know, like 23 years old and has really shown some promise, but there's still a lot of unknowns. And I think if I could flip fields for like Trevor Lawrence plus, I think that's a move I would definitely be looking to make. Get someone around the same age, a better prospect coming out of cart college arguably I mean to some people Fields was the guy but you know Trevor Lawrence was the best prospect since Andrew Luck I would be I'd be trying to make that move happen because I think Lawrence has already been great this season and now he's going to Lawrence has been very good I I think that's understated that he's been very good yeah he's been a top 10 quarterback he's you know thrown over 300 yards he's you know throwing routinely over 250 yards or so 235 yards or so like He's got his own rushing ability, and he's going to add Calvin Ridley next season. He's got ETN, his old buddy from school, in the backfield to toss the rock to. So that's a move I would really be hunting for because I think Lawrence has been slept on a lot this season. So go check on the the Lawrence owner. Last point. Last point before we move on. Sorry. What were you saying, Max? I love that. That is – I didn't know Justin – or not Justin. Trevor Lawrence is number nine on the year. Uh, Jace, I think that is a terrific move, and I would highly encourage you guys to go out there and make that move. With but a really tough schedule, three. too. I, I mean, Fields is top three. But if you can get Lawrence plus a first, oh, like that. Yeah, I mean, Lawrence and a 24 first or a 23 first, I mean, people really might pay the three first premium that you're talking about, Nick C. So if I could, if I could get Lawrence – in 224 first holy schmoly i would love to do that you might not be able to get that but um you know lawrence plus any kind of first i'm all over that deal and look at i mean the schedule too like i didn't even realize how tough it's been indy the chargers philly houston indy the giants denver like those are tough matchups mm-hmm. for quarterbacks and wide receivers and he has been getting it done so yeah i can't say it enough i would definitely yeah. go check on the, the lawrence owner Last topic on top of that, I think they get either like, uh, who is it? Like, I don't want to mispronounce the guy's name out of LSU. I think it's Butte or whatever his name is, the receiver. If they, in their top like five pick, go get another receiver, then they have Christian Kirk, who's currently a top 10 wide receiver. Think about that for a second. Think about that. Christian Kirk, who's a top 10 receiver. Calvin Ridley, who has in the past been a top, I think, five receiver. And then a stud rookie. And then they use one of their like second round picks or trade an asset and get another first or somehow find a way to sneak back in that first round. They grab one of the tackles. This could be a good tackle draft. It's going to be a little scary down there in Jacksonville. So certainly. 
All right, let's move on. Dallas Goddard expected to miss some time with a shoulder injury. We'll do a double tight end take here. So Goddard and Zach Ertz both uh, going to miss some extended time. Zach Ertz missing the entire season. Dallas Goddard, TBD on his time, but he has not been placed on the IR. So they'll think sooner than four weeks. Tight end position is slim pickings. Two of the top five options this season have just been taken out. Where do you think you're putting your chips? If you're an owner, is it Trey McBride time? Is it, I think the guy's name for Philly Salbert. Salbert, do you think Salbert can at least put together a decent enough tight end one week? No, I mean, if I'm an owner and I have one of these guys, I mean, I'd be checking the waiver wire for guys like Jawan Johnson. Um, he's been pretty consistent. Um, Cole Komet, I doubt he's out there, but he's been really, really solid and Felix looks to trust him. But um, as far as it goes in Arizona, yeah, Trey McBride, man, fire him up. Uh, Zach Ertz is pretty old there. I think it is coming a new regime there. I think DeAndre Hopkins, he still looks really good, but obviously his time's going to come to an end. Rondell Moore looked pretty solid, um, but Trey McBride, they invested early draft capital on him. Really solid out of college. I mean, Peter loved this guy. Um, Peter's usually right about tight ends, so I don't tell him Peter he's right a lot, but I'll give him that one. Yeah, I, I mean, McBride for sure. I, I mean, I think – I think – the biggest beneficiary of Zach Ertz stepping out is probably Rondale Moore, who kind of sees he runs a similar, you know, route tree where it's more short area, intermediate um, kind of targets where Hop is stretching the field and all over the place. So I would maybe tamper expectations for McBride stepping into this role because a tight end is just a really tough position to step in and make an impact with other than Kyle Pitts, you know. So um, I'm tampering expectations. Let's just see what happens, but I'm super excited for him. I mean, in the off season, I was <laughs> towards the back half of the first round. I was more than willing to draft him there just to get him there because the Cardinals, Cliff Kingsbury, Kyler, they love the tight end position and they've made some nobodies become somebody and they resurrect Zach Ertz's career. But if I'm missing either of these guys right now and I'm competing, I'm going to get Tyler Higby if I can. I forgot to bring that up. Um, he is second on the team in targets on the Rams right now. Cooper Cup stepping out. I don't think Higby's going to be efficient by any means, but if he racks up double-digit targets each week while they're trailing points and Matthew Stafford just needs someone to throw to, I think Higby's going to be there because he's been there all season. So he's someone I would definitely look to acquire, um, you know, for a 24-second. I think you could probably get that from someone, and that's something you can recoup in the offseason with no problem. All right. With that being said, let's move into our trade deadline segment. Max, for all those, is bad radio, but Max has the biggest smile. He's got the Grinch smile on. I think I've used that reference two weeks in a row now. Ear to ear about this segment, Max's trade corner makes an appearance on the pod for the trade deadline. Yeah, man, it's it's a bittersweet time. I mean, I love to see deals go down, whether I'm involved in them or not. Um, obviously, there's going to be no trades from week 12 to week 18, 19, really. So, I mean, you're looking at about two months there where a lot can change. So it's really, if you have, if you don't have your own draft pick, I'd recommend going out and getting that if you want, um, because after the trade deadline's over and the season's back up again, your pick's going to be solidified where it is. And it's going to be a lot harder to get uh, two months from now. So make moves like that. Look ahead for the future. Who knows what can happen? Um, and if you're, if you're a competitor, make sure you, uh, make sure you're making some moves for sure. All right. Let's see 
what do we want the order to be, Max? I know you're the most excited about this, so I will give you the honor of deciding our order. All right, I'm going to go Super Producer, Peter, JB, and I'm going to wrap us up. All right, let's hit it. Super Producer, what's your trade? So I got one for Jace. I really don't think that either of these trade proposals will uh, get it done because this is a guy that Jace is – been vocally pretty high on uh so i was thinking something for Kadarius tony but i know jace is oh, like good luck probably untouchable bro so <laughs> um probably something like alec pierce plus like a second and a third or something like nico collins and a second and a third um i do have like early third rounders next year probably 301 and 302 but just something like that with uh, added on, even like uh, Mooney plus maybe even a second. That would probably hmm. be the best one out of the the couple that I just mentioned. But I I do think it's still far off from where you value him, Jace. But you can speak yeah. on that. Yeah, I mean, um, for me personally, like I'm rebuilding in this league, and I highly covet wide receivers, and I've. I've been infatuated with Kadarius Tony for quite some time. So for me, I can't do it just because I'm going to wait on the upside and see what happens. It's the only thing that makes sense for my team. But I think Mooney in a second round pick, I mean, I acquired Kadarius Tony for probably what's going to be the 201 in 2024. Um, that was basically the roots of the deal. Um, and I think, you know, especially after this week where he just popped and scored and looked so good out there on a uh, limited snap share, the price has gone up, but I think, Darnell Mooney plus a second could really entice someone that's not 100% bought in that looks at the snap count and thinks, you know, maybe he's just a Michael Hardman replacement. He's not going to play that much and no one's ever going to be Tyreek. Like, I think you could get that to go through. And that's something I'm 100% willing to play, uh, play. I'm willing to pay for Kadarius Tony. Just the upside is so stupidly high. Like, it's it's incredible they need someone to step in there they need someone to be the future Travis Kelsey's only getting older he plays tight end uh, a rough rough and tough position so I think his upside is just so phenomenal and his upside is Tyree Kill and I hate to say that dude I mean I think Kadarius Tony could develop into his own guy just so shifty and athletic it's it's gonna be fun to see I mean I think through the end of this season, it's going to be tough to see him reach his full ceiling because the Andy Reid playbook is so intense and so difficult to grasp. People talk about that all the time, but next season, Oh my God, like it's going to be, it's going to be tough to hold me back from reaching on him. So that's a no for me, but that's 100% what I'm willing to pay Darnell Mooney plus a second to get Tony in that upside all day. I respect the offer and I appreciate it. All right. So first deal does not get done on the podcast, but see what it's like in your league for a similar deal. Max, he is feeling it right now. Give me something that Pete. Come on. I have an offer that I don't think is terrible, which I, if I don't think it's terrible, that usually means it's not, not too, not too bad. And I think it's going to get potentially accepted. I'm on a 25% chance of an acceptance from Max here. Hey, I like it. Let's see. 25% chance of acceptance, but 100% chance of satisfaction with knowing that I put some effort into the trade and then just throw stuff together. So when I look at both of our teams here, Max, your team is at a crossroads in our Mike Vrabel league. 
you had a lot of young guys, you had a lot of old guys, you had a lot of young guys, you had a lot of old guys, your roster is very fluid, which I actually highly encourage. But to be honest, your roster has moved from fluid to being like air, where it just goes through anything, around anything. It's not a physical state. It's just <laughs> always constantly fluctuating. It's in right? the flow state. It's in the flow state. So I'm going to give you a deal that's going to bring you back to the flow state and keep you there. I know that you and some managers out there that you play in leagues with, I'll say the broader you here, are trade fiends. And they like players that have been playing well and if they can get them on a good discount. And they like guys, while there might be a little bit of a decline in the player, they're still young and they're still going to have boom weeks where you can sell. Is this Elijah Moore? No. Oh. No, That's <laughs> no. Listen, you think I'd be having a talk up Elijah more like that, dude? I, I was like, is this about to happen right now? Oh my god, I'm about to fall in my chair. I want I Terry like McLaurin. <laughs> I want Terry McLaurin. Okay, what are you gonna give me? I'm willing. Now, this for some people, this might sound like an overpay. I'm dead serious. I don't know how you feel. I feel like you might be a little bit underpay, but I think the value, the overarching value will say it's an overpay. I'm willing to give you DeAndre Hopkins. I know he might not fit your window, but I know what you can do with that, trading him to another certain player in our league who just lost a wide receiver one. And on top of that, I'm willing to give you Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Now, what I was going to say about Clyde is that he has not played up to snuff lately. It's true. But he is in the Andy Reid system. Those running backs, they will have their time in the sun, and that's when you trade them, unlike me. So this is my offer. It's Terry McLaurin for Hopkins and Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I don't think it's terrible. It's not terrible, especially for your standards, Peter. Um, I mean, my receivers, just for the audience, I have DK, Olave, Jamison Williams, DJ Moore, and then Terry McLaurin. Terry McLaurin being my oldest wide receiver out of those five at 27 years old. Um, I'd like to think I have a pretty young bunch. Um, Hopkins just puts me up there in age and Clyde. I don't know if you would offer me it last week. Honestly, I probably would have been pretty close to accepting. I didn't think Terry had it in him. Um, and then what Clyde did this week and sending me to the waffle house and putting up zero points is disgusting. Um, so I, I am going to pass. I really thought you were going to go something with Dallas Goddard. Like if it was Dallas Goddard instead of a lot or instead of like Dallas Goddard plus a little something for Terry McLaurin, I think I would have been really interested. I, I was hoping it would be for Dallas Goddard, um, but just getting older like that in Hopkins. I love the offer. It, it makes me smile, but I'm going to have to pass Pete. All right. Let's move over to the next guy up, Jace. Who are you going to be trading with? Well, actually, I can propose this out to both you and Nixie because I think you guys are in similar positions here. Peter, I oh, think you're a situ- war. little bidding war, but it's don't don't get yourselves too excited. But I was oh, looking boy, at every- I got my mallet ready to go. I actually OK, so I will preface this saying there might be another deal that comes flying in at the last second. I reached out to someone about a potential three way trade with someone in this room, but I'll save it um, to see if it actually happens. But I took a look at both of your guys' rosters and I saw no backup quarterbacks and I saw the waiver wire is very dry as it pertains to backup quarterbacks. You both are title hunting 
bad things can happen. I don't think anyone wants to start Davis Mills, Ryan Tannehill, or Taylor Heineke at quarterback. So I have one Mr. Daniel Jones, a borderline top 15 fantasy quarterback, has been a top three guy. And from Nixie, I would just want a little bit of Odell Beckham Jr. And then PCAT, I would just want a little bit of Clyde. And I thought that could be intriguing for you, Peter, especially with the Russian quarterback starting some bad hit, something can happen. You know, Daniel Jones, he's not been terrible. That Dable's got him going pretty good. And he does, unlike a lot of the guys on the waiver wire, have some rushing upside. Six attempts, 10 attempts, nine, six, 10, six, 11, six. So there's some upside there just as a backup piece. And I don't think I'm asking for much. That's pretty Clyde for Danny Dimes. I want you to take a time machine. Go back (laughs) two years. When Daniel Jones and Clyde were both rookies, I believe they were the same class. They might not have been, but I think Danny Dimes was. Uh, he's a year a his year, senior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's do Clyde's rookie year. He's the one oh one, undeniable one oh one, and Daniel Jones looked like hot garbage. You want a year? Funny story. I'm in a fantasy football league with some buddies, um, and the first time I drafted with those guys, I drafted Clyde in the first round. And I was so bought in on Daniel Jones. I waited until like the last round and drafted him. Just take a guess on how that season went because <laughs> stinker. Oh, it was not good. And that was the uh, Danny Dimes got loose and tripped over his own feet oh. at like the 15 yard line year too. So it was a, it was a rough year, but um, yeah, that's, that's what I came up with. I couldn't think of any big pieces and we will see if I'll let Nick Percy take this first. Yeah, I mean, I see what you're coming with with the the backup quarterback angle. Uh, I do respect it, but for me, I I'm just riding with Mahomes. Honestly, that's my QB in that league. And if it comes down to it, I play Tannehill, and I'm not mad at it. Um, you know, someone will probably snipe the waivers in this room here, but I don't care either way. I mean, if Mahomes goes down, I probably lose it regardless. But Max, it. I think Max laid the framework for it last season. I mean, he started Ben Roethlisberger in two playoff games and won both of them. So I, it's bailed out by Travis. I, I would Kelsey. rather have the ups. I would rather have the upside with maybe being able to flip Odell for a second than having that. Well, extra the trade security. deadline will have come and passed by the time he signs, and then he's no. A, that is true. A what I don't know when he turns 31, but things are getting sketchy with him. So I thought maybe he's got uh Daniel Jones for the record. He's got Washington twice down the stretch. He's also got Minnesota week 16 and then Indy week 17, which is not a great matchup, but not the worst one in the world. But I thought I'd throw it out there. A little bit of rushing upside. He did put up a 28 point game at one point this season. JB. I'm actually a little bit intrigued. I thought you might be. I thought you might. He's, he's I'm actually the, a little intrigued. He's the safety valve, you know. I've been making a lot of moves for all those out there. I've been solidifying my rooms. I went and got Cordell Patterson. I went and got Hopkins just to solidify my running back room and my wide receiver room. I had Goddard and Andrews. I've had them forever, both of them. So my tight end room has been locked down for a while. I have two defenses. Only one kicker, though, but – Instead of Clyde, would you be willing to do a combination of picks? They are they are later picks. 
like year wise? Um, like, uh, are you talking about those two third round picks? No, I was thinking that 2025 second. I know it's a lot of delayed gratification, but I think I'd be willing to do that. I would do that as well. I know it's a lot. And for the people on record saying, you know, that pick of the day is going to come. Your team's probably going to be, but nah, I just know that, that I know it's that far away. I can probably recoup a 2025 second round pick that pick so far away. And just to be able to guarantee my quarterback position, like the quarterback position on my team has been a steady 20 to like probably 20 to 24 points a week. And if I miss out on Jalen, at least I know that I'll have some some big rushing upside. And his schedule down the stretch doesn't seem terrible while his week, uh, his matchup against the, the Vikings isn't the easiest. I, I just think just to have some assurance, knowing that there is a startable quarterback that I know most likely due to his rushing upside won't blank me. I'm fine trading away a, a second round pick in the future for that. Yep. I, I think that makes total and sense. 2025. 20, right. This is forever away. Um, you'll totally be able to recoup this. However, when you decide to tear it down as throw-ins to, to make up value. And I think, yeah, I thought it was a good fit for a guy like you who has a rushing quarterback and literally anything can happen on any given play. You know, for whatever reason, Hertz goes down. I think Daniel Jones, like <laughs> I've been starting him in this league all year. Like he puts up a decent amount of points. He never really will kill you. Um, but he does have the chance to explode, which he's done a handful of times this season, 28 points. He just put up 18 this past week. He's outscored a bunch of guys, number 16 quarterback on the year. So I think it's a good deal. I will say I'm going to jump in here. Um, I'm pretty upset. I, I really think I know Nixie's typing in chat that Jace fleeced him. I think this is a great deal for Peter. Um, I'm just going to be honest and upfront. That's how I am. I was really, I don't want to say hoping, um, I just cleared a lot of roster space. I dropped a lot of bums. Um, after this week, I was going to drop some more, just some running backs I didn't need. After the trade deadline is coming past, I was going to pick up every single quarterback on the waivers so that if Nixie, <laughs> and no, I'm being 100% dead tears. If Nixie or Peter, if they want to roster one quarterback going into the playoffs and their quarterback gets hurt and they have to start no quarterback, it was going to be a giant lesson for them. And I, Almost spilled the beans to Nixie at the Cavs game that I was going to do it to Peter. Um, really hoping Peter wasn't going to pick up a quarterback. I was literally going to pick up every single quarterback, and they would not have had a chance to get a quarterback. So, Peter, it might seem like an overpay, but honestly, it's a great Startable game. quarterback. It is. Startable quarterback. He's probably going to go crazy this week against Detroit, too. So, we'll see. All right, Max. If you want to take a chance and just roster Mahomes. I'm picking up every quarterback. I'll tell you now. Okay. Max's evil mind. People wonder why. <laughs> Nick it sees really the was. night owl, though. Nick, Nick sees the night owl, and Max is he's often dozing off uh, towards the end of the night. So you better set some alarms, Max. All right, Maxie, take us home. Yeah. So I got two trades for Nixie, uh, neither of which involve a quarterback, Nixie. So don't worry. You're, you're safe. Um, but I was thinking one of two things. The first one is a 2023 second for David Njoku. Yeah, the, so this is interesting. I actually, so uh, 
Kevin Kukla in our league, he actually reached out to me earlier in the week and offered the same exact trade, a 23-second for David Njoku. And I declined it. I declined his offer, and I think I'll decline this one as well. It's it's fair. I mean – Sorry, I meant to throw in Will Disley too, but I don't really think he moves the needle. No, not really, but, it, you know, I do respect the offer. But for me, like, I have Kelsey in that league, and Kelsey is, like, 33 years old or 32. And I really do think Njoku has shown this year that he can produce. And when Watson comes back, I really do think that he can pop off the page and – who knows? I mean, he could find himself in into the top five dynasty tight ends when it comes into uh, next season. So I'm still holding on to that hope. And uh, I'm sorry, Max, I will have to decline. That's OK. Um, I'm also willing to offer a 23 second for Darnell Mooney, but I figured that one is a little far fetched. I don't really think he's worth a first. Maybe a second and a third, but I thought it was worth a shot. That, that one's probably more close to me um it is tough though just because the way my team's built out i really do not have a lot of wide receiver depth so i probably just have to hold them still and decline that just moving into the playoffs and crunch time if one of my guys i think peter mentioned it um if a guy like mike evans who i have he's really my only number one wide receiver if he goes down i'm kind of like pretty tossed there so i still need to hold on to some receivers sure totally understand um and then my last one which i feel like could get accepted 23 second um for nico collins and a 24 third yeah i would probably do that one honestly but i feel like collins is a solid piece and cooks really hasn't shown too much so i feel like it you get a young wide receiver and uh I get some draft capital, so I like that. What 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 pick was that being ex- exchanged? Uh, twenty three second Kevin's um, for Nico Collins and a twenty four third Kevin's. Mm. Oh, okay, nice. That's a that's a good deal, guys. Yeah, I mean it, it's a smaller one for sure, um, but I think that Nick C gets draft capital for a guy that's sitting on his taxi and can help him rebuild after you know after the season and i get another young wide receiver brandon cooks hasn't done much nico collins has looked pretty average they get a quarterback who knows what can happen absolutely all right you know we're we're digging towards the bottom of the trash can here but trades are happening (laughs) that's what's important important. hey we always talk about these big names and oh like three first for cmc this this and that and a lot of people don't have three first to pay for cmc but everyone has a second in there and if you're a competitor, I think we learned a great lesson. Like, go out and get a backup quarterback. Um, I was literally going to screw over Nixie and Peter. And when – But really, you were just going to do it to screw me over. Correct. Nixie was it. just a casualty of what you were trying to do. <laughs> but I was going to be very smug, and it's going to be a great lesson. And I'm still going to do it to Nixie unless he wants to pick up a quarterback. Um, and then, I mean, Nico Collins, take the shots, man. I mean, 23 seconds, yeah, so it could be a solid pick. Um, it looks like a mid to late second, but who knows? It's, it's worth it. Have some fun. Take the shot. All right. With that being said, let's run through crystal ball and get everybody on their merry way. Speaking about merry way, Thanksgiving's coming up, Max. Christmas is going to be here soon. You ready? I got my tree set up and everything, man. Uh, I, I sleep with it on. 
You're too I, early, man. No, man. I wake up, I see the just the, the twinkle in my eye, and it makes me really <laughs> happy. So it is amazing. And next week's gonna be a great episode, though. We we do our annual, um, you know, full platter, who's the turkey stuffing, yeah. all that stuff. So, dude, Max, you got to tell us what the meat is. You know, you gotta you yeah. gotta tell us what the ham is now that you've been newly ordained into the meat life. So it is true. I, I meat I, life. I, pause. Yeah, yeah. I was... The meat lover. Pause. <laughs> yeah had a had a friendsgiving tonight with some coworkers from work and i had ham for the first time and wow i mean like bacon like chicken it is life-changing i've really been missing out so i, I gotta get you i gotta get you on that pork roll grind oh <laughs> should be pretty good the world is your oyster now yes um yeah let's let's move into crystal ball let's kind of zoom through it a little bit quicker than uh we normally do because we did kind of expound on that trade segment a little bit more so max since you did such a great job setting the roster last second uh last segment let's do it again yeah i mean let's just do reverse order i'll snake us around here i'll start um nixie obviously don't have one of these guys here and then we'll go to getting lost in the snake jb i think it's me yep me jb then peter uh peter you can snake us around you like that um we can kind of go from there uh so i'll kick us off here um i placed a parlay with this guy to score two touchdowns last week he was the only leg that hit um it's devin singletary i think he's more of a oh why are you picking devin singletary for your boom he plays um, the browns i mean the browns are the clowns, Jeff Wilson just destroyed them on the ground. Raheem Mostert got a touchdown as well. Um, but the real, I mean, the Browns are literally the second worst team against the run. Um, the real reason I am picking Devin Singletary, though, is the game is in Buffalo and it is supposed to snow. Um, I don't think with Josh four Allen. Feet, you know, four feet of snow. It's, it's supposed to be a lot. Um, so I think it's going to be a ground and pound game. He's playing a terrible defense. He got a pretty decent amount of carries last week, 13. It's his third high of the season. Usually they run him about eight to nine times, so they definitely are up in his usage. He plays 72% of the snaps last week. He gets the touches, the snow, the defense. I'm going to Devin Singletary. It's kind of out there, but I love it this week. Max, two-second question. Yeah. If it gets confirmed that it's going to snow four feet and tickets are like a dollar, will you go with me? Would you meet you meet me in Buffalo? I'd meet you in Buffalo if tickets are like a dollar to go to a snow bowl. Yeah, I would, Peter. I it's only like two hours for me. It's probably like four for you in the snow, but yeah, I would. All right, bang. I'd bang. actually go. I got that would nothing. be sick. It'd be dope. That would All be right. sick. All right, yeah. Uh, analysis on Devin Singletary. Uh, he's just a gross guy to me. I have him in no leagues, and I feel like a lot of people, obviously, statistically, eleven out of twelve teams don't own him. But I feel like a lot, a lot of owners don't own him, if that makes sense. But like, if you're a Devin Singletary guy, uh, he's definitely getting slotted right into the lineup with their run-heavy uh, style offense that this is going to be. I feel like Josh Allen might get a lot of usage uh, on his legs in this game too. So, JB. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think if it's going to be a snowball, Josh Allen is going to be on the move in this game. And if he is, the defense is going to be keying all over him, which is perfect for Singletary, who is a smaller guy. He's 5'7", can hide behind the line. He He's perfect uh, for this game. I really love that. And yeah, just to further support what you're talking about with the Browns, they're giving up the second most points per game this season. They're giving up 27 points on the road. Um, 
snowball or not, like this Browns defense is really, really going to struggle um, against this high power Bills offense at home uh, in the snow where they're accustomed to playing anyways. All right, let's move over to you, Jace. Yeah, I'm going right back to the well. Last week I had Cortland Sutton, and he did all right. He racked up 11 targets, six catches, and 66 yards, I believe. I don't have in front of him going purely off of memory right there. Kind of a disappointing outing, but Jerry Judy left very, very early in this game. I mean, I think on the first uh, Denver Broncos offensive play, it was a pass to him, and he his ankle, he rolled it up, but when he initially went down, he grabbed his Achilles, and my freaking heart sunk. I thought it was the bad one. Turns out it's just an ankle sprain. He His status is unknown at this point, but I don't think he's going to play in this game, and uh, if that's the case, Cortland Sutton is an absolute monster, no matter how bad. No matter how bad Russ is, Cortland Sutton's going to get the targets. He's going to get the catches. And, um, you know, let's see. He's only scored one touchdown this season, correct? Yes, he's only scored one touchdown this season. I thought maybe it was two. But it came against this Raiders team that he's playing this week. The Raiders are just a horrendous, horrendous defense. They're also they're giving up the fifth most points per game this season. They also give up the third most points per game to opposing fantasy quarterbacks. And that doesn't directly affect, well, it doesn't, that's not stat directly for Cortland Sutton, but that's a stat for Russ, which in turn is a stat for Cortland Sutton. I think he's going to be peppered with targets. I think he's got a good chance to get into the end zone and rack up 60, 70 yards of going right back to the well. I'm putting him right back in my starting lineup. You're willing to die by this well, JB. You really are. Um, And I, I really respect it. He's due, man. Russ is due. They got a great schedule coming up. I would go back to the well, too. I mean, I really, really would. But this would be my last time. It really, I think, would. But after this, I think I might be dead of the poison. So I'm going to go back one more time. I'm going to ride with you here. I think he scores. I think he has the 60 yards. Yep. We'll see, though. We'll see. I mean, I think we got pump faked fresh off the bye when it really was supposed to happen. But you know, I think the schedule down the down the stretch should not be ignored. And I, I think Russ also, I was thinking about this the other day, Russ has always been a two, tale of two seasons kind of guy. It's usually the first half he's gone berserk and then he slows down in the back half. Maybe he's got a little bit of a reverse in him this season. So just be on the lookout. I'm also very much into buying low on all these guys, all the Denver Broncos and Dynasty. Yep. Yeah, I'm all in on buying all of the Broncos on a dip as well, especially Russell Wilson. In dynasty leagues, I'm 100% in on that. Uh, I feel like he's going for, you know, if Daniel Jones is going for a 2025 second, what is what is Russ really going for right now at an older age? So I'd be all in on on getting him just as one of those backup guys. Real quick, while we got it on the topic, price for Judy um, and price for Sutton, just like super quick, no explanation, just price that you're willing to pay for him. Uh, zero for Judy. I just he just doesn't fit anything that I do in Sutton. Two seconds. JB? Yeah, I think um, Sutton warrants like two or three first round picks, depending on where they're projected to be. I Sutton two or three first or seconds? Seconds, seconds, excuse oh, me. Excuse my me. eyes. <laughs> JB. I'm sorry. I, said, I, did. I didn't know you had that uh, in I misspoke. I misspoke. I, uh, no, there was a point in time where I did pay first round capital for him. And was all about it. I think all of us on this podcast were because it was all there right in front of us, like a DK Metcalf type season, lots of touchdowns, lots of big plays just hasn't happened. I, I don't think it's the end of the world. I think there's very much potential 
very much potential uh, towards the back half of this season and just moving forward. If this team's going to be bad, their schedule is going to be great again next season. So um, Corlin Sun, given the age, I'd be willing to fork over. I think you could get two twenty-three seconds to go through, honestly, with some of the hype that goes on in this class. I would be more than willing to do that, even with another third on top. I'm still willing to do that. And then for Jerry Judy, I same thing. I don't think you have to pay it, but he's still um, a first-round kind of guy for me. Maybe not in the 23 class, but um, the 24 class is supposed to be a relatively wide receiver, heavy class, something towards the back half. I'm I'm more than willing to swap him for one of those back half guys that might take some more time to develop and they don't have a future hall of fame quarterback at their disposal. Yeah. I mean, I think, I, I do think Judy's worth like a 24 first. He, he's young. He, he's going to develop um, Sutton. I don't know. I, I went to the, I was really high on him and he's really let me down. I'm going to go with like, I'm going to go with a 20, two 24 seconds and a 23 second. I think he's worth more than two seconds. Yeah, I think so. And I will say, Max, I think about it all the time. You straight up fleeced me on our Cortland Sutton deal, man. Yeah, I paid a 2023 first round pick and I paid one that's looking like it's going to be earlier than it was supposed to be at the time, too. And I wake up every day and I regret that trade. So you can have the satisfaction of knowing that. All right. Bad trade, bad trades aside, let's talk about a good trade I made. Greg Dulcich is going to boom here this week. My tight end room is pretty big. I'm not going to lie. I got four dudes, actually now three. I had to drop one of them. But three dudes that I'm completely confident in through a dynasty lens moving forward, and Dulcich is the worst of those three. So Greg has had a very good rookie tight end season, which is something you don't often see. You know, We're not all Kyle Pitts out here. But this is Jace just mentioned what I was going to pull up. The fourth best possible matchup against the tight end is the Raiders. So Greg Dulcich, I got to say his name better. Dulcich is going to have a great game. He's got killer flow too. So I just think killer. He finds his way into the end zone. Cortland Sutton puts up a good game, but I think goal line gains goblin. Greg Dulcich. Wow, say that ten times fast. Is going to take a lot of those end zone red zone targets away from Sutton. Yep. And I think with the, in a world where Jerry Judy is likely out in this matchup, I think both of these guys can definitely coexist yeah. in this game. Um, I think Russell Wilson's thrown more than one touchdown in one game this season. Maybe if he's even done that, let's take a quick peek. He's done that one time this season. I think he's due for a little bit of regression. I think there's going to be a ton of points scored in this game. I know the Denver Broncos, they're pretty good defense, but the Raiders fortunately do have a solid quarterback in Derek Carr and elite weapons in Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs. So I think you want pieces in this game. I think this is going to be a divisional shootout this upcoming week. Yeah, I think I think Dulcich finds the end zone nets you like 13 points, which is something that you absolutely need from a guy who's probably still on waivers. Yeah, 100%. I mean, honestly, I was thinking about in that trade corner offering you a 23 second for Dulcich, Peter. I think you probably would have taken it. Um, but I, I do think he, you would have taken it given that you have Goddard and Mark Andrews. Um, but I think he's Dulcich, on my taxi. That's that's true. You still get a third, you still get a second round pick. I think he's due for a big game. He had a stinker last week. Um, but before that, like you said, was looking really good there. Coming off the bye, no Judy. I love the pick, Peter. You guys are big on the Broncos this week. So let's hope Russ can deliver. Speaking on the about Bron that. Broncos last week and it hurt. So uh, 
Ooh, big I cannot the, get burned twice. <laughs> big on the Broncos, down on the Raiders. I'll move into my bus. Josh Jacobs against that rush defense. The team has found a way to, when they want to win, run Josh Jacobs like crazy. And when they want to lose, not run Josh Jacobs like crazy. I think they're on that downward trajectory. I think my midseason overreaction comes true and McDaniels gets fired. Josh Jacobs doesn't get 100 yards. They don't win. That's basically the math on them the last couple of years. So I think Josh Jacobs against this defense in particular is going to have a very rough day. I'm starting Cordero Patterson over him in a league, if that says anything, after that stinker Cordero put up. I think Jacobs is going to put up less than 10 points this week. The only way he scores more than 10 points is if he finds his way in the end zone. Are you, are we worried about Jacobs moving forward? Because I own him in a couple leagues and he was great there for a while. Um, kind of cooled down, came back to earth and I'm going for it. I mean, I know you're going for it. Are we, are we cool with him, Peter? Yeah, I'm fine with him. Cause he's, he's an elite back. That's going to get work. It's whether or not they want to give him work. But against this defense, they're going to say, okay, these guys are great against the run. We're not going to run him. We're going to have Derek Carr unload it to Devontae Adams a thousand times, and we've seen how that's gone the last three weeks. So, But we're not worried. I mean, his playoff schedule, he, he popped versus some really easy teams. I mean, Kansas City, Houston. I mean, anyone can pop versus Houston there. Um, and then he's cooled off. And his playoff schedule, he's got New England, Pittsburgh, and San Francisco. San Francisco's the number one defense you have that in the championship. I mean – I'm a little worried just looking at that. Jace, let me hear your bust. Uh, my bust is – I got to find it. Actually, I really struggled to find a bust this week. I feel like the matchups this week, like there's not one super – one shutdown matchup that I'm really that scared about. But I'm going to go with Brandon Ayuk against the Arizona Cardinals. And it's just because the Arizona Cardinals – We've talked about it plenty of times on this podcast for whatever reason against number one wide receivers. They're just fantastic at defending them. They really shut them down. They're, they're a tough matchup against quarterbacks unless, you know, things turn into a high scoring affair. Then of course points are getting scored. But you know, when you think about that Niners offense, Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Brandon, Ayuk, it's a lot of mouths to feed. And Brandon Ayuk has been the target leader on that team. So I expect the Cardinals to be keen on him, to be Buda Baker, to be back there in the secondary uh, head hunt on him, looking to break up passes down the field. So uh, I'm not, you know, I'm probably not benching Brandon Ayuk because I think a lot of points could be scored in this game. But it's one of those ones where if you've been relying on him, maybe you just uh, bump things down a notch with your expectations. I, this is a tough matchup, although it's like green on sleeper, green on whatever app you play. Yeah. For number one wide receivers, it's tough. You got to bake in the fact that Hemi G is due for a bad game, too. Certainly. Certainly. Not this week. Not this week. He's not big matchup for me versus Mort. Jimmy G's going off. But, no, I think Ayuk's been way too consistent. Um, Debo's due to pop. Um, and I just don't think the matchup's there on paper. I mean, I get it's still a green matchup on sleeper for Jimmy G and that it's supposed to be, like, a solid matchup. But, I mean, the Cardinals – they're a good team. They are and their defense. They need to win too. Like the Cardinals have been my, uh, my boss told me a fun fact that Cliff Kingsbury is, I think has a winning record as an underdog, but a losing record as a favorite, which is just crazy to me. That is the complete vibe of the Arizona Cardinals from living here and 
uh, there for a while. It was the only football game on each week um, there for a while. And that is them. That's the epitome of who they are. It's, it's a strange team. All right, let's move on. Wrap it up, Max. Let's hear your bust, keeping it with the Cardinals. Yeah, man, I'm keeping it in that well there. Um, I'm t- going with kind of the other side of the ball. I'm going with James Conner. The man was way, 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 way too efficient last week. Um, two touchdowns. Uh, he did have 21 carries. I don't know. I just don't see it happening again. He had 21 carries for 69 yards. That's 3.2 yards a carry for two touchdowns. The guy's a touchdown vulture. Whenever he's there, he's going to get the touchdowns. Um, he has played 96% of the snaps last week. Um, I don't see that happening as well. I think that was big, a big part due to Colt McCoy being the quarterback there. Um, so he goes up against San Francisco this week, number one rush defense in the league. Um, I, don't know. I, I think just given the schedule, given the touchdown, they're going to come back down to earth. Maybe he gets one, maybe he gets 50 yards. But, I mean, people are like, oh, James Conner's back. Not this week. I mean, I would be trying to sell him right now. Um, it's not like you can buy him back, but I don't like it. Do you think a competitor would realistically want James Conner moving forward? I mean, it's tough because he still has a bye week um, and then plays New England, Denver, and Tampa Bay. So, no, um, I really don't, unless you can guarantee me that I can get to the championship and he plays Atlanta in the championship. No, I don't think he's worth that much to a competitor um, if you need like a third running back as like a hey i'm close if one of my guys goes down james connor 100 for fair value but not for his price yeah i think uh talking about cliff kingsbury and stuff i think the cliff for james connor is it's upon us i you know i just looking to get out from under him wherever i can as a competitor I'm still probably not even looking to acquire him other than depth. I, you know, he could be a difference maker, but because of that, you're going to pay a pretty nifty price. And I think in a year's time, I don't, I think you're going to regret having paid that. I don't know if he's necessarily a, a key contributor down the stretch in this week. Yeah. I'm with you. I, I just think the inefficiency is, is too much to overcome. Yeah. Too, too many touchdowns. I mean, you got to look at some of these guys, whether it's James Conner with too many touchdowns or some of these, running backs and wide receivers that just don't have them scored a lot of touchdowns. Um, look at them and say, Hey, it's not going to happen like this for their whole career. Find the middle, give them a couple touchdowns, take away a couple touchdowns, kind of go from there. But overall I would be trying to get away from James. Conner. Yep. All right. That is going to wrap our show up. Thanks for staying with the uh, hecticness of today's episode. We had a couple screaming fights about Jalen hurts, had some, some Jalen slander. We were talking about the trade deadline today, had a good little conversation about that, got some good reports and our crystal ball picks. Our crystal ball picks have been hitting pretty, pretty well this season. So we will keep you posted on Twitter about all the comings and goings of the fantasy football season at Dynasty Monarchy over there, D-Y-N-A-S-T-Y-M-O-N-A-R-C-H-Y. If you can't spell Dynasty Monarchy on Twitter, follow us on Apple Pods, Spotify, However you get your podcast, wanted to thank you again for making it to the end. We will be doing a Jersey giveaway for the playoffs. So stay tuned. Playoffs fast approaching. We are through week 10, more than halfway through the season. Guys, it's getting scary. Hold on to your Sundays because Lord knows 
I'm going to blink my eyes. The Jets are going to finish at seven and 10. They're going to miss the playoffs and I won't get a, get to have any extra games this year. I know the Brownies, it's going to be hard for them to make it and the Cardinals too. I hope we don't go for three on the podcast for the playoffs, but you know what? It might just happen. Very well could happen, but the good thing about fantasy football is, uh, you know, you can have a good fantasy football roster and your professional team can suck as bad as they want to. So that's the glory of what we play and, uh, you know, sports gambling all the same. So be looking out for our picks that come out on Saturday. Maybe we can get a sports betting special. And it's kind of tough on us on our schedules. We try to do it when we can, but sometimes things don't align, especially us being on a time difference, me being out in Arizona, most of these guys on the East coast. So Things don't work out, but we get the we tweet the picks out every Saturday or Sunday morning. So be on the lookout for those. Um, and yeah, let, let's just have a week. I think this is going to be looking at these matchups. I think we're going to get a lot of overs. I think it's going to be a fun week of football. All right. Thanks, everyone. Peace, peace, peace. Thank you for listening to the Dynasty Monarchy podcast. Fancy some fantasy advice? Tweet or DM at Dynasty Monarchy on Twitter. Until next time, farewell my fellow kings and queens!